If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're listening to Nick DiPaolo on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hi, kids. How you with? Nick DiPello podcast. Let's get this over with, huh? I get shit to do. <laughs> I got to cut the lawn. <laughs> Suburban chooch over here. Uh, what's up? Since I talked to you last, a lot of stuff. We'll, we'll hit a few things. We'll talk about, uh, you know, goings on around the world. Middle East, I follow that. It's like a good sporting event over there. I'm on, I'm on the side of Israel, and uh, and they're kicking ass. Although there's a truce right now, 72 hours, and I guess it's working. But uh, what else? We'll touch on Ebola. Let's start with uh, first of all, yeah, I want to talk. Comedian Rich Seisler, uh, guy from Boston, passed away a couple days ago, and uh, yeah, he was only few years older than me i believe um and he was a good comic one of the guys we looked up to when i first started uh it's crazy he was um on vacation in the caribbean or working and he came down with something called uh gillian bar syndrome a disorder that causes the body's immune system to attack the nervous system you know he posted it on facebook like last week i i didn't look at the date of the post but it was from him saying he, he he woke up, he had like pain in his back and he couldn't move his arms or legs. He was like paralyzed. And um, yeah, I, I remember posting back saying, you know, hope you hope you're all right, Rich. I'll pray for you, whatever. Not a close friend of mine, but I he was one of the guys I looked up to when I first started doing this. And uh, it was a good comic. And um, yeah, so he wakes up with this rare disease they fly him out of, um, I think he was in Jamaica. He's in the Caribbean. They fly him to a hospital in Dominican Republic, and he passes away on Monday after suffering from pneumonia. That's my worst nightmare, by the way. Coming down with some health issue overseas. As much as you want to, you know, shit on the uh, healthcare system in this country and how it needs to be overhauled. Yeah, right. But to be on an island, you know, I always think that when I got to go to St. Bart's or even, uh, you know, any of these islands and like, God forbid you get sick here. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was a nice guy. I did a gig with him and I remember one of my first gigs, I, I, I was literally in the business uh, maybe a year, not even a year and a half, maybe. And we did a gig down in Wellfleet, which is way down the ass end of Cape Cod. And um, it was towards the end of the year, like in the fall. And we're like, nobody's going to be there. Wellfleet's like a real isolated beach. 
and there was like this beach bar and sure enough it was packed and i remember being so nervous opening for rich and um but he was so cool i remember him taking me to dinner before the show and telling me how how much he liked how i painted pictures with my words or whatever which i didn't even know what i was doing back then you know and it was i was like just so i remember being so in in awe of him going up and just doing an hour in front of uh you know a bunch of drunk people at a bar and just commanding their attention and and murdering with ease and uh it's too bad i mean seems like a, a lot of the stuff's going on lately you know, Otto and George, John Panette, another Boston guy, you know, now Rich. I mean, lately, it's not been good for the comics, but uh, he was a nice guy. He's going to be missed. Rest in peace, Rich. Um, what the hell? That was like so sudden. I want to get I want to get more uh, more to the story. I don't know. Dominican Republic hospitals where he passed away. And uh, yeah, I guess his heart gave out after contracting pneumonia from this but what the hell you just wake up with that he i mean you're fine one minute you know that's 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 creepy anyways what in the hell else is going on kids uh ridgefield saturday night i was in ridgefield connecticut ridgefield playhouse might be my favorite venue of all time. We had uh, right around 400. Holds about five, I think. It's just, it's intimate. It's just this beautiful little theater. All these little gems throughout the country you don't even know about. And Ridgefield's like a really nice town, upscale. And it was the just a killer audience. I hadn't had to do any time in months. You know, I was up in Montreal uh, for most of July. Uh, for a couple of weeks and, and, and only doing 10 minutes at a time here and there and hadn't really done any since I think the improv in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and uh, it just feels good. You, you're a little nervous when you, when you haven't done, you know, any substantial time. And what happens is your set kind of shrinks on you <laughs> and you have to like kind of, but then on the other hand, it feels good to stretch your legs knowing you can do like an hour. So, but they were just so, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how nice it is to get out of the comedy clubs and do theaters here and there. I mean, everybody's sitting there paying attention and they paid real money to get in, you know, so they they don't act like assholes. Then there's not nine, nine waitresses distracting half the audience. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's so nice. I mean, um... It's just, it was just unbelievable right from the get-go. Megan Hanley went on before me, and uh, she did great. Right from the get-go, she walked up to a cold audience. They were there for the comedy. It was great. And the venue was just awesome. These are the gigs that you just dream about. 30 minutes from my house. (laughs) Pull up there like a half hour before the show. I go around back. There's a person there waiting to meet me like they said there was going to be. I open the door. I walk about 10 feet. There's my dressing room. And another 10 feet, there's the entrance to the state. It was beautiful. You know? Fridge uh, stocked with ice cold beer. Uh, Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees was there the night before. And you could tell because I found cocaine in Lipitor on top of the fridge. Now I'm sure he's clean and sober. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, 
it was so pleasurable. Just working in a little new stuff here, some stuff from the DVD that'll be out eventually. Um, and it was just, you know, nobody's on their cell phones. One chick, but she shot it right off. And everybody's just looking in focus. Nobody's talking to each other. No waitresses. No friggin' drinks being knocked over. No bachelorette parties with, uh, you know, girls sitting there with rubber dicks off the top of their heads on those silly hats they buy. And just uh, the way it's supposed to be. Everybody's paying attention, and it makes it so easy. And the sound system was like friggin' silk. And, uh... Like I said, it's a half hour from my house, maybe. Good money. Beautiful crowd. Give me a couple of those a month, and I'll shut my face for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they already said they're going to have me back. And I guess there was some festival going on, and in the summertime, it's hard to get people in there. That's what somebody wrote me in an email that works there, and so they were more than happy with the numbers. And uh, so let's look forward to doing it again. And if you're in the tri-state, go up there. It's It's awesome. It is, uh, it was, so I actually brought the wife, yeah. um, <laughs> and Mike Baker and Erica, uh, my web people came backstage with a few of their friends and, uh, did a little, little meet and greet after the show. So thanks for coming out. It was great. There was food. It was, a. Uh, it was a nice first class operation. And, um. Hope to do a few more of those, I'll tell you. Mamma mia. Um, what the hell else is going on in the world? Where do you want to start? Oh, Joe List. <laughs> Our buddy Joe List. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about Joey Boy. Joe right now, as we speak, is it, uh, I think he said Planned Parenthood. He's having, a. Uh, Genital warts frozen and taken off his genitalia today. How about a round of applause for Joe? Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Where do you get those bumps on your cock? I'm guessing his cock. They say genital. It could be anywhere. Who knows? His, his nuts might look like an old uh, tree that had fallen in the woods and has thousands of mushrooms growing on it. But he was telling me over the phone I was cracking up because, you know, I'm a sensitive guy. But uh, he's, they're going to freeze him off. Uh, I just picture some guy down there with a, uh, an almond crunch holding it against his uh, blistered cock. And uh, they freeze him off, I guess. I would think you'd burn him off, you know, with a Bic lighter. Just give you a local anesthetic and uh, or maybe even a cigarette and just... Here's one. But apparently Joe got around, and I'm not uh, telling any uh, secrets out of school here. He talks about it on stage, so don't think I'm ratting him out here, which I love about this kid. He's very casual. You know, like guys his age, I guess he's right around 30, but uh, a lot of that shit goes around, man. I guess there's a lot more of the stuff going around when I was, than when I was uh, in my 30s. So, uh, yeah, he's having those uh, frozen off today. <laughs> I laugh at other people's misfortune. And I go, well, that's good. I mean, uh, you know, you get the, he goes, yeah, but uh, he's got, he's about as positive as I am. He goes, yeah, but, uh, you know, they told me they can grow back. So next time you do it yourself, you, you watch what they do. And Planned Parenthood, I'm like, what are you, aborting triplets? Um, but I told him he should save, save the warts and make a nice soup. You know, nice wart soup. 
It's delicious. Little chicken stock. Little, uh, you know, channel toward booyah base. So he's having those <laughs> taken off today. <laughs> but he's so casual about it, man. That makes me nuts. I mean, I, I wouldn't be so, I'd just be, I don't even know that I'd talk about it on stage. But like I said, it's much more prevalent today. You get that from HPV, by the way. So I'd, I'd find the skank that gave him to me and, you know, I'd torture her the rest of my life. You know what I mean? That's what I'd do. I'd call her house at three in the morning and I'd start rumors about her on the internet. You know. So I guess it's not that big a deal. But um, I wonder if he's going to have all scars, you know. This is this is Jonathan's going to look like uh, James Edward Almost's face. Or uh, James Woods. Take your pick. Uh, speaking of diseases, you got the Ebola thing going on. You know, people are freaking out. Once again, Africa <clears throat> exporting one of its staples to us. It's such a great continent. Um, I think it's a continent. Isn't Africa a continent? Because I don't know. I get confused by a uh, vice president was talking yesterday, Joe Biden. And this is what he said about Africa. But if Africa's governance and institutions can put his people in a position commensurate with their possibilities, the sky is the limit. I mean, it is limitless. There's no reason the nation of Africa cannot and should not join the ranks of the world's most prosperous nations in the near term, in the decades ahead. There's that's simply no reason. <laughs> Did you hear that? The nation of Africa. Yeah, you're always making fun of how stupid Sarah Palin is. Let me tell you something. She's got nothing. Biden is a fucking idiot. Always has been. Nancy Pelosi's dumber than him. I'm so sick about hearing how smart people on the left are. And this guy, this wasn't just a slip up. This wasn't just a slip of the tongue. He really doesn't know the difference. I'm convinced. Oh, what a dope. The nation of Africa. Christ's sakes, everybody knows it's a state. It's right next to Jersey City. <laughs> oh, my God. He is just the, the fucking, and again, you, you know, you won't hear anybody torturing him, but people like me. The nation of Africa, and uh, yeah, but the whole Ebola thing, um, can we relax for Christ's sake? The only reason it's even an outbreak over there is because, you know, they're trying to cure it with witchcraft. You know, somebody's rubbing chicken blood and, and goat's blood on their tits, trying to kill the disease. And uh, no, but seriously, you know why? They, they don't even have like IV over there. They don't have they don't even know the concept of uh, dehydration and rehydration. And uh, that's how you, you know, that's how you control it. I mean, if somebody has symptoms, you put them on an IV, which is they don't have that shit over there. And they handle dead bodies. When somebody dies, when they handle dead bodies, you know, they don't know enough to quarantine it. They, you know, they, they're still shitting in coffee cans and wiping their ass with banana leaves. But remember, all cultures are equal, right? Because that's a multiculturalism. That's a definition. There is no superior culture. <laughs> but people are freaking out and stupid Trump is like, oh, don't let those two doctors contracted it. You know, American doctors, well, they're over there trying to save people. Because it's such a racist nation. And um, people are freaking out because they've, they've been flown back to this country. It's not like they're sitting in business class on Delta, you know, coughing shit up. Onto 
<laughs> People are freaking out. Keep them over there. Buh, buh, buh. And, uh, you know, doc, there was a female doctor and a male doctor, and, and they're at Emory University in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, they're already doing better. Who would have guessed? You put some fluids in them and maybe some medicine and not, you know, not, not make them drink owl piss. And uh, they're starting to get better. But Trump's freaking out and, you know. But that makes you, again, that's why the border situation, that's when you should, that's where you should panic a little bit. But um, people are freaking out. <laughs> oh, God. There's other stuff. There's MRSA out there. There's legitimate shit you should be worrying about. But this but this stuff, you know. I mean, you, you, a third world shithole, yeah, it's going to flourish. We had, they had an outbreak of this years back, and there's been a few of those. Remember that was supposed to kill us? They made movies about it, the hut zone. It was actually a punchline, one of my jokes. I can't remember what the setup was, but the punchline was the hut zone. Something about a dirty kitchen and a restaurant. Uh, so I wouldn't panic, folks, you know. It does, uh, uh, you know, it is a little scary because, uh, you know, because we do, the world has changed so much. Everybody is flying everywhere now. It's like Greyhound. Everybody gets on planes and... That's how you can move it around the world quicker. And that's what's going to happen. Eventually, some terrorist is going to come up with some strain or something and, and put it on a plane and, and send it over here. And people will land at LaGuardia and hugging people and sneezing while they're having a $12 latte at one of the LaGuardia restaurants. And next thing you know, we'll all... That's how it's going to work. Somebody wrote a book on that. They're going to, you know, they'll come up with some sick virus and just some third world country and put people on a plane and spread it throughout the world but uh really not in danger right now okay as long as you have uh you know clean drinking water and uh but you know it, it, it's transmitted through like vomit and blood it's very hard to get even somebody coughing it, it you're not going to get it it has to be like you literally have to be doing cannonballs off a diving board into a pool of vomit or making you know frozen mudslides with the uh, diarrhea <laughs> loaded with Ebola <laughs> that's about it's it's pretty hard to get and like I said once you do get it it depends what country you're in will depend on how you survive or not but it's like killed about a little I don't know 700 people in Liberia or Western Africa somewhere and uh you know let's not panic huh the world is a fucking mess though isn't it it is friggin crazy um, the Middle East. I'm following that like a sporting event, man. Yeah, people defending Hamas. I, I, we're fucking. The, that's the way we're doomed for failure. We can't even agree on that. I, I mean, they're a known terrorist organization. They use uh, their civilians as human shields. They shoot rockets from schools, <laughs> and they set up next to hotels and hospitals and use civilians. It's right in their charter. They admit to doing it. They found paperwork on it. And, you know, Israel's not supposed to strike back because civilians might get killed. You know, in a war, here's no, this is how arrogant we are. You know, uh, it's been like this since the beginning of time. When there's a war, civilians get killed, you know? You can't just pick people. Drones have helped in that regard, but people are going to get killed who aren't supposed to get killed. But the whole fucking media, they love to jump on it and, and show the dead kids, and, and, and 
Israel's just trying to defend itself. It started when they, when three kids get kidnapped and murdered by Hamas. That's triggered the whole thing. So they did a number. Netanyahu's like, no, we got we got our foot on their throat. We're not taking it off. They were trying to you know blow up all the tunnels that the the uh, terrorists used to sneak into Israel and take out most of their rockets and. That Iron Dome thing really works. Israel has this Iron Dome defense. Most of, you know, those uh, missiles coming from Haas, uh, you know, they're dog shit. They're not accurate and they don't do much damage. But uh, what a way to live, huh? But uh, then you get the UN and and friggin' uh, John Kerry, you know, admonishing Hamas. This must cease. Fuck you. We're trying to defend ourselves shut your hole put biden on it it's a mess though but there's a uh they've tried to do like three different truces during the war and and they lasted like 40 minutes literally they, they'd call a, a, a you know it's crazy isn't it have you ever heard of such a thing you're in the middle of war and you're like okay we're gonna take uh 24 hours because it's a holiday let's take a break we'll resume killing each other on tuesday do you agree yes it sounds good to me then they take a break. But these ceasefires would only last like 40 minutes because Hamas would kidnap somebody, uh, an Israeli soldier, 40 minutes after the truce was struck. And then it was back on again. So Netanyahu was like, yeah, fucking Obama, mind your business. Kerry, mind your business. We'll take care of ourselves. Ugh. Yeah, it's crazy. Anti-Semitism uh, like on the, in Europe is just through the friggin' roof. And then you see it over here in New York City. There's protest people defending Hamas. I don't fucking get it. Anyways. But I used to... That's why Manny Duwamon, the guy that owned the Comedy Cellar, uh, he, he used to teach like Middle East politics. And, and uh, he was a professor. And we used to love sitting down and talking about this. I mean, he knew the history of this shit from the get-go. So, you know... The Six-Day War in 67. He would fill us in on all this stuff, and it was just fascinating. And we would lead people in there sometimes. I think Geraldo, God bless his soul, brought in some lawyer friend of his who thought he knew everything. And we lured the guy into the table, and he sat down with Manny. We kind of lured him into a discussion about the Middle East because the guy fancied himself like an expert in fucking. He had no idea that Manny, you know, was also an expert. (laughs) And Manny just took him, to sh- took him apart. It was friggin' hilarious. We're all standing by the bar watching, pretending we're not hearing a thing and just laughing our ass off. But mother of God. Um, speaking of, yeah, John Kerry. I, I see a commercial for CBS. Ugh. There's some, they got some series coming out this fall. Madam Secretary. Gee, you can't see where that's headed. That's not like a fucking, <laughs> yeah, like that's not a ploy to get Hillary elected. I'm sure that whole show is just, you know, it's going to show how a female secretary, and it's not, I'm not talking about secretary at a business. I'm talking, I'm, I don't even know the plot, but I'm guessing it's, you know, <laughs> defense secretary or whatever. You know, it's going to be a, it's just going to be a, you know, a 12 episode campaign commercial to get Hillary elected. Maybe it is about a secretary at a business. I'm guessing not, <laughs> Madam Secretary, as the women the women worship syndrome continues on TV. When's the last time you saw a broad on TV? Seriously, and I asked this on stage, painted in a bad light, as like just mean or negative or stupid. Not very often, is it? 
They're like, they have superpowers now. It's hilarious. I, I see these commercials for those CSI shows and all the female cops, they just sit there over a dead body and they figure out in 10 minutes they all look like supermodels and shit. It fucking makes me laugh my balls off. Uh, just, a, uh, just a feminist wet dream. It's all Hollywood is. Madam Secretary, Wednesday at 8. Emblem of the show. It's just two big thick ankles. They look like fucking Clydesdale feet. Should be a woman in a pantsuit that looks like John Madden. Let me tell you something. Christie's losing to uh, Hillary like in, a, in a recent poll in New Jersey. You have to be shitting me, New Jersey. What the fuck is your problem? Wake up, will you, and smell the car. She'll be worse than Obama. She's just another fucking 60s hippie liberal douche. Please wake up. I'll tell you who's going to win it all, though, in 2016. Rand Paul. I'm making my prediction right now. Because he's young enough, and he's straddling that fence beautifully. He's not like a hard right, you know? And he's not, you know, he's certainly not hard left. Um, conservative in a lot of areas. But he's getting the younger vote. You know, he's going out to these uh, schools, University of, uh, you know, California at Berkeley, and getting standing ovation because he's uh, he's... He's on top of the whole NSA, you know, spying shit. And um, and younger voters, a lot of guys, a lot of people that voted for Obama are with him on this because it uh, touches them on a personal level. They don't like the idea of the government's, you know, reading what's on your cell phone and, and all this shit. And, and they're loving him. And he's really intelligent. And he's he's uh, he's kind of a not an isolationist, but he doesn't want to. I, you know, he doesn't want us all over the world anymore. And I kind of agree with that. Like I said, like I said, we should just bring everybody home and give the whole world a warning. She would, this whole fucking notion of, oh, gee, the terrorists are, uh, you know, lining up in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. They're going to have a place to, um, you know, launch their uh, attacks on us. That is such, they're already here, for Christ's sake. Go to Astoria, Queens, Steinbeck Street. Walk down that. No offense. Most of them are good people, I'm sure. But I'm just saying that is so silly. They can attack us from anywhere. This whole notion. I say, and I mentioned this on the last pause, I think it's great that they're all convening in one area, like Iraq or, or Afghanistan. Let them all pull there. You know, like ants on a Cheeto. And then we just step on them with a medium-sized uh, A-bomb. What do you think? I think it's a good strategy. But uh, that's why Rand Paul, I think, he's going to get the young vote, and uh, he's definitely smart enough. And uh, now there's there's uh, rumblings about Mitt Romney getting back in, although he's denying all that. But he's showing up and, and backing all these Republicans in these primaries, and um, that wouldn't be the worst thing either. But I like uh, I like Rand Paul. I think he's smart, and uh, I don't know. That's my prediction. Then again, I told you the Red Sox are going to be good this year. So what the fuck do I know? What a disaster. Haven't talked to you, I think, since the last time we talked was, the you know, they were talking about the trade and Lester and whatever, and we all know now. He's in Oakland A, and uh, we got Cespedes. And uh, I don't get the strategy. I really don't. I mean, you're talking Hall of Fame lefty possibilities. Lester. You know how tough it is to have a, a, a lefty be successful in Fenway Park because of that short porch and left? And this guy was 
I mean, at the top of his game this year. And um, I thought it was all about pitching. This is what I don't understand. I love offense. Don't get me wrong. I love the days of Jim Rice and Fred Lynn and uh, when it looked like a softball team and the Sox would put up 11 runs. And then back then they didn't have pitch and they get beat 13-11. But um, I love that idea. But I, I always thought it started with pitching. You know what I mean? So I don't get – not only did they get rid of him, they get rid of Lester. I mean, get rid of Lackey, excuse me, um, who's a cardinal now. I don't uh, – and then they get rid of Miller, Andrew Miller, this relief pitcher, this nasty lefty that everybody – so I don't get it. We, we gutted our pitching unless there's a bunch of prospects I don't know about down in Pawtucket. But uh, I thought it all started with pitching in baseball. That was the most important thing. So, um, yeah, we got Cespedes and uh, another guy from the Reds. I can't remember. From the Cardinals, I should say. He's already on the DL. the hell's his name? Just turned his ankle a couple nights ago. Anyways, Joe Kelly starting tonight for the Sox, who's a pitcher we also got in the deal. But uh, unless the Sox get Lester back, which which is still a possibility in the offseason, isn't this horrible what money has done to sports? Can you imagine being like an eight-year-old kid watching baseball and you fall in love with the Red Sox? They win the World, Se- and they win the World Series and, you know, you get John Lester's baseball cards or post run and then he's gone what he's going to another team this year and try to help them win the world Series. but he might be back boy that shows i'm not i don't want to be too pollyannish here i know it's a business but it's really now it's just ugh. it's really exposed for what it is isn't it it's just it's almost hard for adults to i'm supposed to pretend these people give a fuck and again i'm not that naive but come on so less is going to go help the a's win a world series and then hopefully we can get him back I mean, so, yeah, I watched him lose again last night to St. Louis uh, Buchholz. I don't know what his problem is. He gives up six runs every game now. Guy, nobody could lay a, nobody could lay a finger on him last year. Now he's the most hit, hittable pitcher we got. So I don't know what the fuck. I don't know whether what the Sox are doing. But supposedly we have the deepest farm system in all of baseball. And we could sign some big, big name established guys during the offseason. Uh, it could be a scary lineup. Cespedes. I mean, even now it looks better. Ortiz. Um, you know. Pedroia. The guy from the goddamn Cardinals. I can't remember his friggin name. He's an offensive, you know, he's been like a perennial all-star. What the fuck's his name? I don't know. Anyways, but we we got to get a few more. But Brock Holt has to stay in the lineup. Jackie Bradley Jr., send him back. He can't hit Major League pitching. He's had enough of a chance. Might be the best defensive guy I've ever seen on the Red Sox in center field. Guy has leads the league in, in um, throwing people out, assists from the outfield by a mile. He's made some of the greatest catches I've ever seen. He's is he's he's better than Ellsbury defensively, but he couldn't hit a goddamn friggin' beach ball with a canoe paddle. And I've seen enough of him. Um, Middlebrooks, another one, two hundred hitter. He's had his chance. He could be. He's a guy that hit three home runs in a game. You know, uh, and then went into a tailspin for a year and hasn't come out of it. But um, 
you know, you got the, it could be a scary lineup with Napoli, Ortiz, Cespedes, and uh, the likes. Vasquez, we have this young catcher. Anyways, enough Sox talk. I'm, if you're not a Red Sox fan, I'm sure you're bored, Titless. Um, what other sports? Uh, oh, I was watching, yeah, and this is how bored. I, I was actually watching the Bridgestone Invitational Golf Tournament in Tiger Woods. You know, who's playing dog shit, and all of a sudden his back flares up. And again, and I don't want to come across as, but come on. He hits three bad shots, and all of a sudden he grabs his lower back. I'm telling you, and again, I don't have proof of this. It's just my opinion. That guy, it just looks to me, his performance has dropped off so much. And don't tell me it's just because he's got fucked over by his wife. I'm telling you, in my opinion, the guy used to juice. It's the only time you see performance and athletic performance fall off that much. And I think he got off the juice, whatever. Now he can't play golf. But he grabs his friggin' back and, you know, leaves right in the middle of the tournament while he's playing shitty, coincidentally. But um, who knows? The guy's body's breaking down, though. Almost like somebody who uh, used to juice, you know? It's so funny to listen to Jim Nance on CBS. He's such a company man. And, um... The color commentary guys was like, I don't see him flinching there. Oh, no. You know, Nancy's like, I'm sure he's uh, he's had lower back problems for the last few months now. And such a company guy, you know, because uh, Tiger Woods equals ratings. You can't badmouth him. Um, the hell else? Oh, caught a little of the New York Giants uh, Hall of Fame game. Just a few minutes of it. Even I, as much as I love football, preseason football's just, you know, watch first team play six minutes. But let me tell you something. They got Andre Williams, a kid from Boston College, who had almost 2,200 yards rushing his senior year and, you know, led the nation. And he's, uh, he likes to run over people. They interviewed him in the post. And, and he's fast, too. And I'm telling you, you guys got a gem in Andre Williams, the Giants. I don't think they realize what they got there. And uh, that guy's going to be hard to stop if the Giants have any type of uh, offensive line. Um, he looked good in that scrimmage, the Hall of Fame game against the uh, Bills. How about poor Jim Kelly? Oof. He's got cancer and his, like, sinuses. And, I mean, went through treatments and stuff and for months, and then it came back. Poor guy looks like he's aged 40 years. And they did a whole piece on him. That was pretty uh, heartbreaking too, man. Oof. Guy can't catch a break. He had a, he had a kid that was born with a, a fatal disease who was supposed to die after a year. The kid, poor kid, lived till he was eight and, and then passed away. And now, you know, he's fighting for his life with this cancer. It's unbelievable. Did you hear that ping? Mm, so popular. Two two emails every three weeks. Um, <laughs> um, how about uh, how about the choking game? That was uh, I was reading about that today on the internet. That's making a comeback where kids, you know, choke themselves out because they like the high. Have we really? Isn't it beautiful? It really is. It really is Darwinism. The idiots are just weeding themselves out. But it showed a clip. I was laughing my balls off. These two cute, like, black girls. They're like, they look like they're teens. They look like they're 15 or 16. And their friends, like, are pushing against their chest. You guys must have seen this today. And, until they pass out. And this one girl, like, bends over, falls over backwards. 
Like, if she was uh, over 20, she would have torn both ligaments and both knees. But what the fuck is that? You're that bored? Man, if that's not a sign of a, a decadent society, at least, you know, at least huff paint out of a can. Be a traditionalist. I don't know. I, I don't get that. Let me try it right now. <laughs> I'm a little lightheaded. Look, you know, I'll be glad to come to your house and choke you out. I mean, why not get people to do it? You had your friends do it, but why not get somebody... This is... I mean, there's got to be... Let's start a website. You know, like Match.com. If if you get, like, sexually aroused, but I'd be more than happy to fucking choke you out. But I'm going to sign a waiver that says I'm not responsible or disclaimer if you die. Gotta, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it, though? If that turned you on, you're like, you know, this guy didn't really like me in high school. Maybe I'll have him come over and... Squeeze my windpipe. I do it to my wife. It has nothing to do with sex and, and getting high. It's just, you know. I mean, when you burn a grilled cheese, you're going to pay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm watching those clips laughing my balls off. These kids are that friggin' bored. I got to believe cocaine or even heroin is a better high than choking yourself. I might be wrong there, though, you know. Um, oh, Christ. How about uh, our boy Sharpton and de Blasio? You know, the whole, you're following, now it's national news. It was local. It was a New York thing. This big guy, his last name is Garner, big black kid in Staten Island, who's selling, he was selling illegal cigarettes, and a New York uh, officer got him in a uh, chokehold, supposedly, although that's still up for grabs, whether it was a chokehold. The guy ends up having a heart attack and dying. Of course, he was, uh, you know, 200 pounds overweight and had asthma. But, you know, somebody filmed it. By the way, the kid that filmed the incident, he just got busted for having a, coming out of a motel with a young girl sticking a, a, an illegal gun in her waistband. And he, the kid that filmed it's been arrested like 20 times. So he's back in, uh, back in the can. But uh, de, de Blasio, Marxist uh, de Blasio, you know, invited Al Sharpton to the press conference. He had, and he had Bratton, the, the police commissioner there, which just that visual alone is unfair because it makes it look like Sharpton is, is you know, is a legitimate player in these discussions. Giuliani would never talk to Sharpton the whole two terms he was there. He never gave him the time of day. And who would have guessed? Fucking racial tensions went down. Well, I should say crime went down. Maybe not racial tension. But uh, anyway, Sharpton's lecturing them on how the cops should do their jobs. And, and hey, if it's they did an ME report, and the first report came out saying that uh, it wasn't a chokehold. And, they, you know, that that was the first report. There, there was no damage to the kid's windpipe or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden that was changed. On the front of the post, a couple of things, it says homicide. And of course, you know, Sharpton, I mean, if, if that's the case, and if it, 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 but it doesn't look like it. If that's the case that it really was a chokehold, yeah, the guy, the cop has to pay for it. But um, all of a sudden, there's, there's a change that doesn't smell, that doesn't stink to high heavens. All of a sudden, they change the, and then Sharpton's up there lecturing uh, Bratton. Of course, he's just sitting there taking it because, you know, Sharpton helped deliver de Blasio 
to the uh, mayor's office. It's a big campaign for him and whatnot. So de Blasio's just returning the favor of that, and he's afraid of black people, de Blasio. Um, so, yeah, this Sharpton acting like he's legit. The guy has no credibility. Did I tell you? I don't know if I ever told you this. I, I shot a pilot. I, I might have mentioned this. I shot a pilot a few years ago, quite a few years ago, with uh, Comedy Central for my own thing. And we had Sharpton in the pilot. We paid him like, uh, I remember, they paid him eight grand, I believe. Yeah, it was $8,000. They called him like at the last minute, and I'm like, you're never going to get him. And they call me back that night and go, hey, guess who we, who's going to do your show tomorrow? <laughs> so I went, we went up to Harlem. We picked him up in a van, like on Park Avenue or something, and uh, went up to, I want to say, it was some, you know, one of those uh, up in Harlem, one of those restaurants, Ruth Ann's. I think, I think it was Ruth Ann's. And we had breakfast. And the menu was, all the, all the uh, items on the menu was named after famous black people. And I was, you know, making jokes that had sharp and almost spit in his coffee. He was like, well, Nick, now where did you learn your politics? And I'm like, uh, Boston. And he's like, oh, he rolled his eyes. <laughs> but I was zinging him. It was funny. and I mean, he's a scumbag, no doubt about it. He's the biggest racist on the planet. And he'd do anything for money. I think that proved it. But uh, we were busting each other's balls, and it was funny, and it should have made the air. But no, Comedy Central shows it to a focus group, i.e. 20, like, housewives. And then, well, I don't know. It's a little politically incorrect. <laughs> Imagine they show it to, like, 50 people, and like like those 50 people, like we all think. Like they do. We find the same things funny. and It would have been great. It was not long after Tough Crowd. And it would have been, you know. Um, but yeah, I was busting his chops. And I, I can't even remember the dialogue. I should call them, see if I can find it. Or maybe I have it on my computer somewhere. But I couldn't believe we were picking him up. He gets in the van and he was complaining. He just saw a George Clooney movie. One of those thrillers where, where, where he goes, I like conspiracies, but this was too much for me. I mean, it was ridiculous. I couldn't even follow it. <laughs> uh, what was I saying to him? I was busting his balls. I was just like, I was just bragging how I was from Boston. And, you know, we don't put up with your shit. And uh, you should have seen him. He was, <laughs> he was turning pale at some of my comments. But but we were laughing. He was telling me what to order and shit. Go on in line. That guy, go on in line. Go online and look at that clip where he gets pushed out of the chair by Donald Ennis. Morton Downey Jr. show. They did it up at the Apollo. And, and this guy, Donald Ennis, who, who hangs out at the comedy cell. He used to be one of Manny's close friends. He's a conservative black guy. And um, him and Sharpton get into it. And... <laughs> Ennis gets up and, 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 and Sharpton is still in his seat. Sharpton starts to get up and, and Mr. Ennis pushes him and it tips over backwards and Sharpton falls off the stick. And he had to weigh 350 at the time. It's the funniest guiding thing I've ever seen in your life. But anyways, the point being de Blasio is letting him like dictate, you know, what goes on. So it's just crazy. And, and this guy for the PBA, uh, what's his name? Lynch, Patrick Lynch, defending the cops. Um, you know, is saying he just went after Sharpton in a paper today and, and, and the mayor saying, hey, if you're not going to back us cops up, I don't blame him. Uh, he's saying uh, it's, you know, the police 
Benevolent, Benevolent Association, I think is what PBI stands for. Uh, he said uh, he's telling the cops, you know, um, if they're not going to back us up, if the mayor's not going to support us or Bratton and the commissioner, um, he's telling the cops, the rank and file, uh, um, I want you to cross every T, dot every I. And if you miss, if, if you if you miss the next call, if somebody's calling for help and you're filling out pay, paperwork, basically uh, tough shit. So, he, you know, we're losing the support of the cops. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's heading right to the way it was under Dinkins. You give it another year or two. And the city's going to be fucking a uh, shithole again. It's unbelievable. I don't get the. I don't get guys like the Blasio. I really don't get it. I love to know what happened to him as a child that he thinks like this. It's crazy. I have to choke him out. Sharpton wants the cops. You know, if the cops do something, and I agree. I mean, if they get busted and and and, and doing something illegal, they should do the perp walk. That's what Sharpton wants. But um. I mean, they're in a tough position. You know, anytime there's an exchange between somebody, all this guy had to do was not resist arrest, and none of this shit would have happened. And, of course, everybody wants to forget that part of it because we live in such a point-the-fingers-at-the-cops uh, mentality in New York. All he had to do, and he'd been arrested eight times before, okay, put your hands out and, and you know, and then fight it in court. But he's like, no, this is going to end today, and he starts fighting with the cops. And the truth of it is, is because he was obese and had asthma. And that's why he died. But, um, you know, I don't know how a, a report, an ME's report can go from, you know, no, it wasn't a chokehold to, yes, this is homicide. Something fishy going on there. I smoke a little bit and I can't, uh, I can't even quit one or two cigarettes a day. What is that? Somebody help me out. And I'm a former athlete. I'm kind of embarrassed. But uh, I started doing that, like I told you, Catch a Rising Star in the early 90s. some reason, I brought a cigarette up on stage. This is back when you could. And I just winged it. I did a bit about blowing it into girls' faces or something. After eating an onion ring sandwich or something. Something about bad. And it killed. So I continued to do it. So that's how I started smoking. And uh, even now, again, I never... Uh, Never a real smoker, just social. And then uh, I stopped doing it completely for a few years, and now I've started up again, like one or two. Isn't it funny? I'll work out, and then I'll do that. I'll have a cigarette, which is so stupid. But I can't even shake that. I know people who uh, quit, you know, they're three packs a day, and they can they can quit. I don't know. I think mentally I'm weak. So I tried these uh, up in Montreal. This girl was giving me those vapor cigarettes. Those things are fucking harsh. They're worse than real cigarettes. They, like, burn your throat. And you have to almost blow a blood vessel in your brain sucking on it to get any uh, vapor out of it. Um... What else? Oh, we lost, speaking, I, I forgot this when we were talking about, we lost a, a major, a major general, Harold Green. First major general to be killed since Vietnam in combat action. One of those Afghani fucks that we're training over there. Again, more evidence we shouldn't be there anymore. Turned his gun on him and, and, and killed one of our major. And uh, you believe this shit? I mean, can we just get out of there, please? 
I didn't feel that way till I went over there with the USO. When I went over there with David Tell and Florentine and uh, Baba Bowie and Artie and saw it's like a different planet. It's like a different planet. It's like, how could we have any conflict of interest? It was like being on Mars. It looks, I mean, it was just, I can't describe it. We were flying over in a Black Hawk helicopter, just hundreds and hundreds of miles of desert, and you'd see a little speck of like a mud house. They show the shit on the news once in a while, but it's like it's like being on the other side of the moon or something. It's just crazy. We got to get the hell out of there. Yeah, we lost a major general. First guy killed since uh since uh yeah, since like right after World War II, uh, some Vietnam, I think. Um What the hell else? Uh, oh, uh, this is in the news. Again, I guess more evidence is a war on women. This is, uh, Reuters. Under the Affordable Care Act, employers must provide time and space for new mothers to to express milk for their babies until the child turns one year old. Express milk. They're talking about breastfeeding. They have to provide, businesses have to provide time and space for new mothers to breastfeed their babies at work until the child turns a year old. This is a terrific opportunity to show businesses that lactation is important. Listen to this horseshit. And that women should be accorded the right to provide milk for their babies. Okay, just don't complain when you're making two cents less an hour than men, okay? When your male cohort is uh, sitting at his desk and you're in the, uh, you're in the tit room feeding your kid for 20 minutes what the fuck how about this you stay home and feed the kid and then what's old enough then you come back to work how about that uh if i'm a guy in that office i demand that the affordable care act lets me watch how about that that should be part of it too (laughs) fucking what is going on uh a woman experiencing lactation will only need about 15 minutes to pump each time, and they may, may need to take a break to do so mid-morning, at lunch, and again mid-afternoon. But these times can vary greatly depending on the... Unbelievable. It just sounds like a, sounds like you're going to, you know, that's like an employee spending half the day on the shitter, taking that 40-minute dump on the clock. Businesses with fewer than 50 employees may be exempt from the break time law if it would uh, be an undue hardship. Who decides that? What a fucking nightmare, this law. But the spirit of the law is to make this available for all working women. And it's hard to imagine what difficulty or expense an employer would face. (laughs) Well, you're going to find out. Worker retention rates seem to be greater when they allow this to happen rather than than not being very supportive of the women. Oh, really? Listen to this propaganda horseshit. How do you even prove how the women whose workplaces do not provide a lactation area may complain orally or in writing to the U.S. Department of Labor, Wage and Our Division? Another fucking another department I've never heard of. What the fuck? And in either case, they are protected from discrimination by the Fair Labor Standards Act prohibition prohibition on uh, retaliation the new law may improve national breastfeeding statistics but that's hard to gauge seeing as many healthcare providers employees and employees are unaware of the law it goes on but I won't bore you but give me a fucking break they have to build a special room 
how, how, how do people keep voting for shit like this? More and more government. Are you happy in your lives? Do you understand the whole purpose of this country was anti-government? There's one party that's really not in touch. I'll let you figure it out. It's fucking embarrassing. If I'm the boss, I'm like, no, you can breastfeed your kid, but you're going to do it while you're sitting at your desk like everybody else. By the way, uh, this coffee needs some cream in it. Diane, get over here. (laughs) Mm, That's sexist. That's misogynist. Nick, what are you thinking? That was the beauty of Saturday night, man. These people were open to anything. Not one goddamn moan. Not one. I was doing some stuff. I'll tell you, it might be the whitest town I've ever seen. Look, I grew up in a white suburban uh, neighborhood of Boston, so I guess that's why I have the same sense of humor as well, this crowd did as me. And uh, But uh, they didn't moan at anything. I was letting it fly like I usually do. Spent, uh, I know I'm all over the place, folks, but that's all right. I'm winging it. Spent the uh, last couple of days in editing in New York City. And I posted a picture of my, my, my buddy Jeremy Editing, who works for this company that's doing it. Great guy. And people are so funny on Twitter. You're such, some of you are such fucking scumbag. Nice room, Nick. Oh, why don't you put some paintings on the wall? <laughs> it's not even my fucking house. I'm in a studio in New York City. Oh, what is that petty horse shit? I don't know if you think you're being funny. If you're going to fucking, you know, insult, do it with some humor. Come up with something clever. Nice leg tattoo. Somebody thought it was actually me sitting in the chair doing the editing, I think. But, um, yeah. So, um, trimmed away a lot of, uh, a lot of fat from it. Not a lot. About six minutes. It was like an hour and ten, you know. And to make it more saleable, you want it right around an hour. That's what the network's like. I don't even know if anybody's going to buy this, folks, okay? I, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's funny. You're going to friggin' love it. Did it in a, in a small venue, a comedy club and not a theater with a with four cameras. One of them's a roaming camera. So it's like you're sitting right in the audience on a lot of shots looking up at me. It feels like you're in the second row. It, it's friggin' cool. It really is. I think people are going to love it. I was told that was the trend, you know, because Louis uh, helped Todd Barry with his, and they shot Todd in a bunch, a bunch of different clubs, and I know Attell did that with his last one, and that was the trend. But, uh, you know, some people are... At the big companies, they're like, no, nah, we like the big, they want to make it look like it's freaking, you know, Tom Jones in the 70s in Vegas. But uh, I think you'll love it because it, it, it captures, you know, stand-up comedy is meant to be done in an intimate setting. And um, this captures it, you know, it's like 260 seats, I think. And we got the handheld, the roaming, two side cameras, camera from the back. So you, you're getting all angles. And, um, yeah, the last couple of days, I was there for 11 hours on uh, Tuesday. What's today? I'm so friggin' confused. No, on Monday, I was there for 11 hours, and yesterday for about eight. And just uh, tightening it, you know? It's a fun thing, man. It's fun to watch this, this guy, Jeremy, at work. He's got, like, eight screens in front of him, and uh, this software is amazing. I have no idea what he's doing, but I get to, you know, go buy it. You know, frame by frame and pluck out any uh, any dead time or any, you know. And I'm not talking about sweetening it. We don't do any of that shit. It's the set. It's the actual response and everything. I'm just I'm talking about I'll be at the microphone at the front of the stage and maybe I'll walk back to the stool to grab the bottle of water or whatever, you know, which 
you can you can chop that right out to tighten it and uh if you know how to do it right so it's a pretty fascinating process and the kid has a a cart right in his office <laughs> like uh like uh don draper uh, like all the guys in Mad Men, he has a cart loaded with all kinds of bourbons and, and whiskey, rye, and all the shit. <laughs> I actually started to nod. I, 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 it took me, it's a 45-minute ride into the city, uh, unless, you, you know, yesterday, I'm, I'm on the west side. How we get to like uh, 79th Street, all of a sudden, it's a parking lot. So I'm like an idiot, and I've done this before, and I keep telling myself I'll never do it again. Um, the editing company is down in uh, on Broadway and 12th in the middle of fucking, you know, Union Square, a nightmare. No, just anyways, I get off at 79th. I'm working my way across town, which is the stupidest thing you can do. Took me an hour and 40 minutes. I go by several parking garages in New York. I want to pull in. I can't. There's a car blocking the entrance into the parking garage. Two guys like leaning against it talking. You know, I, I, I beep. I can finally get their attention. They're just like looking at me like, we're not fucking moving. <laughs> I get there, I am frazzled. You know me, high strung. I get there, my hair sticking up, I'm fucking cursing. I take the elevator, I go right into his office, I go right by him. He's sitting there at his desk, I go right to the liquor cabinet. This is like, what, quarter or one in the afternoon? Pour two big belts of bourbon. So I'm dying to see what I agreed upon as far as edits when I watch this thing today that he sent me. But, um... Anyways, we're at the final process, so, uh, and haven't shown it to that many people. That's what's slowing it up. These these people that work for these companies, you know, the epics and all that, they go on vacation in summertime, so I'm sorry for the delay. Thank you for being patient, and it is coming, and, uh, and I think you're going to like it. A lot of cursing, a lot of F-bombs. That's me and my element, but, uh... I just like it because it's intimate. Like I said, it, it's it. You guys, from this roaming camera, it's crazy. You get an angle from every every side, and it feels like you're sitting. At, at, at some shots, it's like you're sitting in the right, the first or second row, and um, it catches the intensity because it's a low ceiling and it's a great club to do it at. So it's called another senseless killing. I'm, I'm hoping to have this thing out, you know, before the end of this month. Can't make any promises because, like I said, you, you give it to these people to look at and, and they take weeks to get back. But anyways, uh, thank you for your patience, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. That's it. I got to look at the stuff that uh, all the editing we did yesterday. He just sent me something uh, late last night when I got up this morning. I downloaded it and I have to watch it now. That's it. I appreciate uh, you guys uh, listening. By the way, we're getting good numbers on the podcast. Each month it's growing by, you know, four or 5,000. So uh, I haven't been doing it a year yet, and it's always like in the top 100. So um, I appreciate your support, kids. Come see me in Atlanta. Uh, let me grab my date book. I believe it's 21 through 23. If I'm wrong, whatever. Go to nickdip.com. Um, Atlanta at the Improv at the end of this month. And uh, it's a good club, actually. And, uh, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 21 through 23. And come see me, uh, Main Street Armory in Rochester. That's like another small theater. Uh, The 29th of August, which is a Friday night. That'll be fun. I like gigs like that. I drive up there. I'll drive up, have a few belts during the show, and then get on the highway and have the cops chase me all the way home. Um, 
September 25 through 27, Zanies on the 25th. I'll be in, in downtown Chicago. And then uh, on uh, 26th and 27th, Rosemont outside of Chicago. Those are all Zanies clubs. So, and they're great. Haven't been there in a long time. Chicago, one of my favorite cities. Uh, I just hope I don't get shot. I'm guessing, uh, you know, Christ's sake, it's worse than Afghanistan over there. But, um, yeah, so that's the, that's the upcoming schedule. I thank you so much. Um, enjoy the rest of uh, your day. Wash your faces and uh, you, your filthy asses. Here, talk to you soon. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.